Previously on Those Were the Days. You can't get there from here. Fast cars and punching people and doing all that kind of stuff. No, not Mulder. Murder. We love murder. In the middle darkness of Down East Maine. Wait, him? No, wait, him? No, wait, them? I quote that and I've never seen that movie. You know, it's almost like the trigger warnings. Wait, what? Wait, Uh what? Wait, Uh what? What did anyone say? And honestly, really just stopped because Angela Lansbury got old and tired. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. You are about to enter another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of memory. One as vast as the television screen and as timeless as the shows that once graced it. It is the middle ground between nostalgia and the present, between the past and the ever-advancing future. It is the place where we step back in time and explore the classic shows that continue to captivate our hearts and minds. So sit back, relax, and prepare to take a journey that defies the boundaries of time and space. You've just crossed over into... Those were the days. (laughs) I'm Travis, and I'll be guiding you through tonight's episode, but I can't do it alone. I need my co-hosts, and together, we will take you on this journey. Sitting on the couch while he cracks and eats a bowl of walnuts, it's Audie. Buzz Lightyear, mission log. We've been invited to a fellow child's house. Her name is Christy. We've noticed several strange things about this house. All the other toys refuse to come alive when the non-toy people leave. All except, all except a doll who calls herself Tina. She keeps saying she's in charge of the house, that all are under her rule. Christy's mom does seem to treat Tina more special than I've seen any human handle a toy. Tina even winks sometimes directly at her. There's talking between Christy and her mom about a past father, all in hushed tones, especially when Tina is close. I have my suspicions, but it will require further investigation. We saved plenty of toys, but I've never had to contemplate saving humans. I wish Woody was here. Mission log out. <laughs> Amazing. Confused by how his news doll, new doll's voice sounds exactly like Rocky the Squirrel, it's Steven. <laughs> All right, riders. This week we need a disgruntled stepfather that's really grumpy, but we haven't figured out what he's grumpy about. He needs to be very testy. He's got a lot of bark, but no bite, like shooting blanks. I'm telling you, he's got to have a temper you wouldn't want to reproduce. The guy would take his daughter's brand new toy on a whim. He's so ballsy. Any ideas? (laughs) (laughs) And staring full on into her paranoia that her Warhammer figures she bought are plotting to do her bodily harm. It's Amy. Men will literally let their insecurities about their infertility manifest in the form of a murderous living doll belonging to their stepdaughter rather than go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Amy and I were on the same page with that one. I'm very happy. (laughs) Tonight, we are exploring. It's it's spooky season. Halloween, (laughs) as we record this, is tomorrow night. And so for that, we're going to step into The Twilight Zone. And this was an episode of The Twilight Zone called The Living Doll. 
This is from season five. Uh, so the final season of The Twilight Zone. Um, it aired on November 1st, 1963. So very close to when we're recording this. Yeah. It stars Telly Savalas as Eric Streeter, uh, Mary LaRoche as his wife, Annabelle Streeter, and his stepdaughter, Christy Streeter, played by Tracy Stratford. And also the voice of June Foray as Talking Tina. Um, so we've covered an episode of The Twilight Zone before. We sure um, did. Yeah, we did. My very so good we... feel-good Christmas episode. <laughs> I love this. Yes. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and so we've talked a little bit about the twilight zone, but for those, uh, who don't remember that or to refresh everybody's memory, the twilight zone was an anthology series that ran from, I believe it started in 1958, um, and ran until 1963. Initially it's been rebooted a couple of times. It was a 1980s revival and then one again, uh, just a few years ago by Jordan Peele. Mm. Um, there was a twilight zone movie made in the eighties. Uh, it was a whole, whole thing. Um, the, the intro to the twilight zone is part of the cultural zeitgeist. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. The voice, the voice of Rod Serling is indelible. Um, and, uh, this was one of the higher rated episodes of the series. Um, and what I love about, I mean, fantasy, sci-fi horror, I talk about this a lot on shows and, and in conversations works so well in an anthology setting because short stories uh, these these fantasy style stories work so well in a short story format because you don't need a three act structure, you don't need um, a lot of like crazy character development or anything like that. It can just be here's a here's a napkin idea, make that. It can be and you, you know, don't five pages to, long. You don't mm -hmm. have to tie up all of the loopholes. Like, cause mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Like we, mm -hmm. we don't care. It doesn't matter that that part is impossible. Don't worry about it. It's over there. And we're not, we're not over there. <laughs> yeah. We're not going over there. Yeah. No one has to go over there. It's no. great. Don't even look over exactly. there. Over there don't doesn't even look exist. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> we're at now. It's now. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it works so well for a TV series too, because like this episode takes place on what? Three sets. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That yeah, was yeah. Uh, it was a a living room, dining room, mm -hmm. a yep. bedroom, and then his workroom sort of creepy garage, workshop of torture thing. <laughs> uh, and it and it has four characters. It has four actors in the whole thing. One of whom is just a voice. So, like, it's cheap to produce. So for television, it's great. Um, and I, I love it, too, because it can explore a lot of stuff and you can layer. Like, Serling was great about layering in all sorts of subtext and all sorts of, uh, especially, um, like, his thoughts and, and views on sort of society and the world at large into his stories and into the stories that got told in The Twilight Zone. Um, because, again, it's fantasy or horror or sci-fi, whatever it is. So you can, you can get away with a lot more because it's all allegory. Mm -hmm. um, and this was a... Uh, I think actually kind of a cool episode. So let's break down what happens in this episode. Cause it's a fairly simple plot. Um, mom and daughter come home from a shopping trip and stepdad. It's very important uh -huh. is mm -hmm. sitting there. Stepdad played by Telly Savalas, which I just, I'm sorry. I just love that. Telly Savalas mm -hmm. is great. And uh, he finds out that they got a new doll while it was out. And of course, Oh, Christine's got a plenty enough uh, dolls. She doesn't need another one. And uh, 
It's a big deal. He's all upset that she got another doll. It costs and money. Put it on the account. Yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, Annabelle. <laughs> I love though. It's just like her. Her immediate reaction was, "I put it on the account." Well, how much was it? I put it on the account. Yeah. Like now, see, here's the thing, right? Whatever happened to Christie's dad? Annabelle's been through this before. Annabelle's got her own bank account. I'm <laughs> telling you that, like, she's big. I. She knows yeah. what's up. Yeah, she's stashing cash away. She just makes for... a choice later that I disagree with, but yeah, <laughs> she's she's got this handled. Mm-hmm. So uh, Christine pulls out the the new doll, and it's the Talkie Tina doll. Um, and this doll, you can wind the key, and it says stuff. Uh, mostly, it just says, "I'm Talkie Tina, and I love you very much." Mm-hmm. That is until. Uh, he tells her, uh, what is it? He says to her to shut that thing up or whatever. And Christine gets upset and runs upstairs to her room. Her mom goes to console her. When he picks up the doll, it doesn't say, I'm talking Tina and I love you very much. No, no, no. It tells him that he, she doesn't like him very much. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like you. Yeah. Me neither, and, uh, gets... Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Tina. I feel you, girl. Yeah. So as the episode goes along, it, uh, every time he is alone with the doll... Uh, it gets more and more aggressive towards him, uh, eventually saying things like, I hate you, and I'm going to kill you, and you'll be sorry. Uh, <laughs> so after dinner one night, uh, that night, he uh, takes it and throws it away. And when Christine can't find her doll, she goes to bed upset. Her mom goes to console her again, and then the phone rings. And when he answers it, it's talkie Tina on the phone. Oh, Okay, but we before we... Before we get too far, the best part is his outburst when they get home with Tina. He's like, she doesn't need another doll. It's like, well, no, it's a good friend for her to play with. Yeah, because we can't have kids of our own. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest logical was ever. Wow. Like, slow down. Dude, it's fine. (laughs) And then the whole thing about, like, you know, there's a little back and forth about the, like, you know, I know you got more than you bargained for. It's not like she was a surprise, Annabelle. Yeah, what was that all about? He knew. Were you male she married you. What right. Did you... Apparently she's okay with it. Yeah. Is it arranged marriage? Like, right. You're going to marry this I guy know. to take care of you and the girl. But I'd tell him about the girl. You're getting married she in blindfolds at the courthouse. <laughs> she would have been fine if they could have had their own kids. Yeah, everybody right. would have been Clearly, great. He's the one who's broken, obviously. So mm-hmm. therapy, sir. And that's yeah. the best part. Because whatever happened with Christie's dad, she's in therapy. Because oh, yeah. he brings that up. He's like, Yeah, that Freudian nonsense that she's it's like it's it, she... Why would you marry this guy? He's a tool. So that is the interesting thing is later on when she's like, uh, I, you know, I don't know you anymore or whatever, when she's getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this new? Like, did this just happen within the last week or two? Cause I doubt it. I'm pretty sure this guy has been this much of a dick the whole time you've been married to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because very early so. in my notes, I wrote down, I'm on Tina's side. Whatever mm-hmm. happens to Eric, <laughs> I'm in the I, mean, Tina, I don't care. Tina, babe, you need thumbs? I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want, Tina. Yeah. Uh, so his first attempt to throw the doll away, he just throws it into a trash can. Uh, then he gets the phone call. He goes to check the trash can, and it's empty. There's no doll in there. 
And he goes and finds the doll in bed with Tina. Or with uh, and the doll Christy. starts with Christy, yeah. Or with yes, Tina is in the bed with Christine. Yeah. And uh Tina starts talking again, telling Christine to wake up. Um, that's when he flips out again, grabs the doll, and takes it to his uh, torture chamber in the back of the house. <laughs> he's some kind of um, psycho. <laughs> he's got his like inverted table saw. It's like a it's like a chop saw. That was honestly, I loved that part where he tries to <laughs> saw the head off of the doll, and it, he puts of course, the vice first. Work. Yeah, but he puts, yeah, he puts oh, yeah. it. Like the I thought you had first. feelings. I can go as long as you can. <laughs> And the yeah, part, the doll's, the, the doll's the, taunting him. The torch him. was my favorite because it just keeps going out. But you do, your brain does imagine Tina being like, <laughs> You're just yeah, blowing like it every out. time it comes I just like that his torches and everything torch. were all set up for him, just you know, just in case you need to torture a small toy. Yeah, you know, he had yeah. it all there. Or you never know when late night welding is going to happen. Never you put your torch away. You know, or turn the gas off. Just go ahead no, and leave it on right. the table, just for lighting your cigarettes later. Just leave it next to your on un- your unsecured firearm, and everything yeah, will be great. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So he puts it in a vice. He tries to torch it. It doesn't work. He sets it into the the vi- or the um, miter saw and tries yeah. to saw the head off of it, which also doesn't work. Oh While God. this is going on, uh, Annabelle comes in to the room to get his attention, and he just dismisses her and like shoves her out of the room. Um, and then she, so all she is the smartest move. This was so good. I was so happy to see this because she's well, in, she's in the bedroom but, packing. Yes. Yeah. But before we get to that, yeah. uh, he, he attempts with the saw doesn't work. Just makes sparks. So he takes the doll. He puts that doll into a literal potato sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that was one of my notes I wrote down. Like it's a literally a potato sack. I am mm-hmm. so happy. Wraps rope around that and puts it in the around trash can. Neck. Around its neck. Yep. It's good I was ready for him to like put one of those like cinder blocks in and go take it out to the river. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was what I was kind of expecting to happen. But he did lay the cinder blocks on, on top. top. Uh, so there's no way that doll can get out, right? And then goes to find Annabelle, who's in the bedroom packing because she's leaving. Damn she's straight. done with this guy. Annabelle, though, uh, girl, you did not need your whole wardrobe. You could have just, I like, grab a toothbrush <laughs> and go. You do not yeah, need to yeah. pack for You need everything. a go bag for when you're married that, to an that, idiot like this. You, you, yeah. <laughs> yes. It needs to have a gun in it, a pair of underwear, and a toothbrush. Yeah. Maybe yep. some Rice Krispie treats, Hershey bar, <laughs> yeah. you know, granola. And then you yeah. hightail it out of there. Yeah. Sensible shoes. Sensible mm-hmm. shoes, yeah. You know, you got to make sure, or in this day and age, you need your, your heels for when you walk into the courthouse, because they won't respect you if you walk no, in in flats, no, no, telling you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should just go back to your husband, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks to her and eventually says, what if I give the doll back? Will everything be okay? Because she's just like, no, you you need to go see a psychiatrist and blah, blah, blah. So he goes and he gets the doll. Which is still talking to him. It's still it's still just giving him the business. Uh, and he, I love the moment where he he takes the doll and he's like, Would you "Just shut up!" <laughs> and uh, but he goes and he gives it back to Christine. Then that night, as he's sleeping, he hears the gears of so Talkie creepy. Tina make a noise, and he gets up 
And he goes to investigate. And Annabelle's like, what's going on? Don't worry about it. Just go back to sleep. I heard something. And he goes and he finds the doll. Or he goes to look for the doll in the bed. Goes into Christine's room. No doll. Weird. Leaves. Goes to go downstairs, I guess, because apparently that's where the, maybe the sound is coming from. The doll is on the stairs. He steps on the doll and goes flying down the stairs, tumbling down, uh, which was another one of my notes is you can clearly see the doll go flying with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At one point, it got caught like on his foot. So when he went just, you know, feet overhead, that doll went soaring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we see the doll roll down the stairs next to him. When all this commotion happens, Annabelle comes out to check on it and sees Eric at the bottom of the stairs, runs down to, ch- to see, and he's not responsive. Yeah. And Tina is right there next to him, and then the eyes open up, mm-hmm. and Mom picks up the doll, and the doll tells her, you need to be nice to me, too. Something Ooh, like that, right? It was yeah. like... Uh, you better be nice to me. Yeah, you better yeah, be and nice. You be- and you better be nice to me. And that's the episode. It's that a very simple episode, and it's so good. And then you get the outro from Rod Serling, which I do love. It's like, obviously, dolls can't talk, and they can't murder. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Except for Talkie Tina, who did talk and did murder. And I was yeah. Like, oh, that's, so good. that's good. I just, oh, Rod Serling. Rod Thank you, Rod, for not making me more afraid of toys. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, Rod, for creating my irrational fear of dolls. Um, <laughs> appreciate that. And inspiring uh, countless I'll... clones of this story oh, over yeah. and over mm-hmm. and over of murderous mm-hmm. toys. And it wasn't just Rod Serling. I do want to give credit to Jerry Soule and Charles Beaumont, who were also credited writers on this. Although Jerry Soule was uncredited in the episode, but he apparently came up with the idea for this in like an afternoon. Wow. I mean, nice. yeah. That's your job, I can though, see man, just to sit there and be like, yeah. what if a, a fork came to life and tried to stab a guy in the hand? And then they're like, no, that's not like, cool. All right, well, what if a doll down. came to life and stabbed a guy? Yeah. Did you like, know that he just, like, tripped on his kid's doll <laughs> and uh-huh. almost fell down the stairs and was like, hang on. Yeah, <laughs> I got an here. idea. So how how do. he wrote the whole story to get to the point where he almost tripped and died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the Rod Serling would often use right. real life stuff to inspire mm-hmm. these stories. Mm-hmm. Like they were often based on his military experience and his time as a pilot and all this other stuff uh, that he would use to build these stories or to to you know throw out the ideas and develop sure. it in something. Mm-hmm. It's what we all do. You well, know. One of the things I like about an episode like this is. The simple thing of making Telly Savalas the stepfather yeah. in this situation and giving us no context as to how that relationship began. We don't know if Christine's dad is just not in the picture or if he died. I would the assumption is he probably died because I'm divorce wasn't died. exactly popular. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not given any of that context. It's just he's the stepfather, which immediately puts him in an adversarial relationship somehow. Because that's how step parents well, were portrayed that he in media. Didn't even, but but he even calls that out, though. He's like, "Oh, so I'm the stepfather, so I couldn't possibly love her, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying?" Because He's so she's insecure. Just like, yeah, yeah. And he gets so sweaty. Yeah, he does. And then you well, can almost I mean, see how all this came together. Like, so 
Annabelle's husband dies in a tragic accident. And she's like, oh no, my daughter needs a father figure. I'll go to the church or the local moose club. And when he goes to the <laughs> moose club, the guy at the door says, oh, you're a single mother. Maybe you should talk to Eric. He's an, he's an established... He's somehow still unmarried. <laughs> yeah, he's unmarried and he's a good man, roughly 48 years old, can, prepare, can provide for you and your daughter. And she's like, okay. And then she just, in desperation, decides, I can put up with whatever this guy can do to me to provide my daughter a house and a home and all this stuff. Because my husband died without life insurance, and we don't know what we're gonna do. That's the way. That's the. That's what I built in my head anyway. And that's how I she like got that. stuck that in this good. crap relationship with Eric Streeter, the local moose head captain, or whatever you are when you're at the moose club. I don't really know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're not far off. Uh, Telly Savalas was about 41 when they made this episode. Booyah! There you go. So, with the power Apparently donut, he went bald at like 16. Yeah, I mean, this checks out. You know, all, right, all right, I, I have my Ace own is the Grand Pumba. That's what he is, the yes. Grand Pumba yes. of the Moose Lodge. <laughs> um, I, I've got my own layer on top of this, and my own layer is that he's he's not infertile, um, but Annabelle's on the pill. Oh, he was invented three yeah. years earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not doing this again. That was uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Like I got, I got roped into this relationship. Yeah, we're but, not uh, doing nope. this again. I'm not going to get tied down. That's for sure. <laughs> no, but this I guy, I'm going to get Annabelle to college, and then I'm out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get Christine off uh, out of the house when she's 18. I'm out. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I really liked though having that, um, that part of it, like him as the stepfather. He is incredibly insecure. And he's oh, not yeah. a likable character mm-hmm. at all. Like from the get go, he's not likable. No. Um, he's very just crass and, and angry with everyone uh, for unknown reasons, which again, I kind of like that we don't have any reason for it because it really doesn't matter. He's just, he's, he's not a good dude. And if you were to stretch this out, yeah, you might be able to do like, oh, some sort of tragic reason for him to be like that. But it works better to just have him and then to have the play on like the psychology of it and the psychological part of things. Um, you know, is this doll actually saying stuff or is this dude just cracking under the pressure? Like what is yeah. going on here? Um, I like doing that all the way through right up until the end where the doll speaks to the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I love that because it makes for some great moments. Like when he's just sitting at the table and looks over and the doll winks at him. Yeah. But no one else sees it. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting. He sets the doll on the table and starts lighting a cigarette right in front of it, because um, it's the '60s. You could smoke on TV back then. Yeah, and you could smoke anywhere back then. Yeah, you <laughs> couldn't true. share a bed. Right. That's very right. convenient though, because then you only need twin size sheets for everyone. So that That's, is yeah. that is that does make it more convenient. Yeah, and yeah. if you drink too much and pee the bed, only one person is inconvenienced. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But I like to, like, we don't know what he does for a living, so we don't know what kind of, we don't He's need an any kind of context. This, He's like... an accountant, Travis. He's a numbers guy. <laughs> I'm telling you. The minute she walks in the door and he's in his little money counting workbench desk thing with the telephone on it, I'm surprised. It's just black and white, so he can't tell there's a little green lamp uh, on the desk. Yeah. So he can cook his books. He's got one of the, 
the green accounting visors. Yeah, and she walks in immediately is like, how much was that thing? Like, see, he's got a spreadsheet, the quarterly budget for the family. Dude's mm-hmm. an accountant. Or in finance of some kind. Yeah. He needs a hobby uh, of some kind or needs to, like, pick oh, up watching TV welds. instead of he, yeah, just... <laughs> he welds oh, or yeah. reloads weaponry or something out there. Yeah. Like, dude knows what's up. He's he's a gunsmith. You just don't <laughs> get to see that and, part. And when he's not doing that, he just eats entire bowls of walnuts. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. I just after dinner, by the way, that was his yeah. after dinner snack. Yeah. Um, I mean, we used to. I can remember growing up having like the big bowl of mixed oh, yeah. nuts, yeah. but yeah. not just walnuts. Like hey, there, were, I think yeah. there were other things in there because there's like there? some little I... hazelnuts in there and stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm that would make sure. more sense because just a bowl of walnuts, like it, your mouth is going to be just. The Sahara. I mean, so I did. Those. I did like. I did snicker that the guy who was just complaining about his infertility is just sitting there cracking nuts. It did me. I just. I couldn't. I was like, that's just too much. It's too much, Telly. Back it up. I can't. I can't. It's too much. What do you do not, if you're? It's not an accident. What if you do if you're a viewer and you're like you are Eric Streeter as a person? Like you're you're watching yeah. this show and you see yourself. Because he's such a butthole, and it wasn't abnormal for people to be drunk buttholes in the fifties. Because we had, you know, there wasn't a lot on TV, so yeah. you, you just, you know, you had a hard youth. What happens to somebody who watches a show? Like they're like, oh right. man, two different reactions, Stephen. One, yeah. they don't see it at all, and they're just like, eh, whatever, right? Or two, they see. Oh, it look at that guy. Him the whole time, they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you tell them, Eric. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know why everybody's so mad at the guy. He's just keeping his wife in line. Get me another sandwich, honey. (laughs) What a time to be alive. Make sure you drink all your scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Why does the scotch taste like cyanide? Don't worry about it, honey. Don't worry about it. So we chose... um, to do this for spooky season. And Stephen, you mentioned it already. Like this has been influential. This episode was influential in so many stories of, uh, of evil dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and evil dolls were not new when this was a thing. Like they, that goes back even further and creepier dolls than talking to just creepy porcelain. Yeah, uh, just dolls are creepy. Yeah. But this definitely influenced things like child's play. Mm-hmm. And uh, and all sorts of stuff like that. There was another. Uh, There's another one I I remembered, but I can't think of the title of it now. But um, to take the idea of the the evil talking doll, and it's so simple and distilled here, and then to run with it the way that they have. So you get things like Child's Play. Megan uh, mm-hmm. is another one. Megan's the 21st century version of that. Um, yeah, like small soldiers and stuff. Like it's not creepy, but it was it was toys come to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, Audie nailed it with his intro in Toy Story. Yeah, I love that that was exactly a great illusion. Great um, it it it's it shows you how influential a show like this was, uh, and how many I mean, and and how wide ranging it could be because this is very much psychological horror going on, right? This guy's cracking and losing his marbles over a doll that doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. Now it does eventually kill him by, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or does it? Uh, I mean, or does it? him? 
Well, we don't really know. He's probably dead, but that's fine. No, Rod said but it, he's dead. Oh, he's but dead. It doesn't, we'll oh, yeah, because murder. The yeah, doll murders. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, definitely he's dead. But maybe the insurance policy's on him. And now Annabelle can live a happy life. I mean, the house goes to her. You know? Yeah. She ain't got to worry about yeah. nothing anymore. Other than the alibi. So, like, know. I was in bed, I promise. <laughs> and it's just amazing because, like, you can do so much with so little uh, visually, right? It's all, yeah. it all ends up being in the viewer's head as to what's going on say, as well. Like, something about this episode that I noticed specifically is how well television that was black and white at the time how well they use that medium mm-hmm. to tell their story like it's something you notice i notice specifically with comics and somebody who knows how to do black and white comics really mm-hmm. well to use those dark spots when you really need it and i noticed in this episode when it was dark it was dark in very specific places and only just enough light in very specific places like they knew what they were doing with the lighting and everything with what they had and what they could do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this was in 1963. So color television existed by this point. It just wasn't prevalent enough for people, for the the studios to worry for most shows. It it wasn't Mm -hmm. too common. Like there's one shot out of you talking about the lighting and everything of the doll of talking Tina on the trash can or in the room, one or the other, she's sitting up. And like the light just looks so awesome of him walking in the door mm-hmm. and her, they're the only things lit on the on the yeah. screen. I'm like, man, that's where we get all these tricks from. Like this, mm-hmm. they do that stuff in horror movies now. It's all yeah. about oh, where yeah. it's gonna dry your right. eye, and like that's I swear the Twilight Zone knew what to do, and they had far less colors and ways yeah. to call out things. Exactly. It's just temperature. And you think too, like budgeting and time constraints. They don't have a whole lot of time to film stuff like this, which is why you write a very simple story with three characters and a doll. Mm-hmm. And then you can re- you can record some some uh, audio for the doll, and that's it. And you, sit, you never leave the house, so it's all inside. It's all very simple. Uh, and the doll doesn't have to do anything. And that's the brilliance of it with the psychological aspects of things is you don't have to have any special effects. You don't have yeah. to worry about anything looking mm-hmm. weird or dated because it's all playing out in this dude's head Mm-hmm. While we're watching it, and the doll can be in a completely inert object, and I, and yet it's also malevolent and uh, the primary antagonist, and I, lo- it, it's perfect. Like it's so well done. More, more kudos to Telly Savalas for just selling you on that. Yeah, you know, for the actor in whatever episode it is, just diving into it and going for it, and selling you mm-hmm. on whatever weirdness is happening. Like he did a great job. I could tell. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell me, this was great. And talking about the budget and um, stuff, like the the sets too, mostly reusable. I mean, I swear yeah. I've seen that entryway a million times in some other show or some other anthology. Same thing with the mm-hmm. dining room. The garage is a little weird. I don't know where that <laughs> what they use that for, but they can dress that up any way they want. So it mm-hmm. makes it really easy to be like, hey, you're just on the lot, like yeah. Right, yeah. What do we got for living rooms? Yeah, all right. Yeah, they just put. I mean that. I'm trying to think. I recognize that that stairway entryway design from somewhere. You know, they use mm-hmm. the same well, things over and over. They used it again in this season of the Twilight Zone in season five. They used that exact yeah. set in Ring a Ding Girl. Was the yeah, episode. and put and put up a different picture, like portrait in the yeah in mm-hmm. the entryway, like a whole different room. 
Because, I mean, at the time, like suburbia, all the houses are basically the yeah, same. They all, yeah. So it's easy yeah. to get away with. Yeah, they all um, look like that. And I just love short, effective horror like this because it's so cool to me to see uh, that kind of thing play out in a short form like this. And because it makes what it makes me do is it makes me want to like expand that. I want to see more adventures of talkie Tina. Uh, yeah. Is this the only one? Are there other talkie Tina's causing problems? Like there, you could really like, there's a lot of directions you could go in with a story like this as your starting point. Yeah. That could be really cool to do uh, from a, from a horror standpoint. The that talking Tina Saturday morning cartoon on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw, I mean, obviously some of the adaptations and things that were inspired by it kind of give us some of that, but I just, that's, what's cool about it. Uh, and that's what I love about the twilight zone as a medium of spooky or speculative fiction, mm-hmm. you know, and it shows to the range that you can get, because this is very much psychological horror, but the, the night of the meek that we watched uh, about a year ago for Chris uh, as a Christmas episode, very, very different. Very, mm-hmm. Still, still that speculative fiction, but a very different, type of story let alone kind of um just a whole different genre of storytelling but same show and that's Mm -hmm. one of the cool things about this show and it's just amazing that it was because i always think of the twilight zone the original being on for so long it was five seasons which is not short um because they were longer seasons i think season one was like 39 episodes or something holy cow um but i just feel like it was kind of always on because I, I can remember watching reruns of it growing up and the 80s version and kind of all of that so it just feels like it's always been around even though it really initially only ran for five years um so it's just kind of cool this was a this was a fun episode to watch too um and i can see why it's one of the higher rated uh, oh, yeah. episodes of the well, series because I, mean, I watched it several weeks ago when we first planned on you know recording the show i haven't rewatched it i didn't need to like it is still stuck in my brain <laughs> you know like i didn't feel the need to rewatch it at all just looking over my notes looking over the summary i was like yep mm-hmm, i remember yep mm-hmm, that's what happened oh, mm-hmm. oh also mean, fun yeah. fun little fun little tidbit is that june foray did the voice of talkie tina and Talkie Tina was based on a real doll at the time called Chatty Cathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And June Foray did the voice for Chatty Cathy. <laughs> so oh, well done. If you were, if it, that, that is an extra layer of something where if you're watching this in 1963 and you, you see that doll and you hear that voice and you've got one of those in your house. Yeah. I'm now looking at that thing sideways thinking all yeah. right <laughs> yeah we have an understanding and we're going to keep that understanding but you start talking back to me and it's it's into the river with you mm-hmm. hey rod mattel's on the phone they say they can't sell any more of their chatty cappies <laughs> <laughs> um and then like at one point when christy was talking i was like she sounds really familiar but i mean like little kids all kind of sound mm-hmm, the same mm-hmm. um she's lucy van pelton and charlie brown christmas Yep. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I read that. I kind of thought she was um, um, Charlie Brown's little sister. Say uh, Sally. Sally. Uh, Sally. I thought she sounded like Sally, but the Lucy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. She was so sure. nice in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's good. It does make me wonder, too, if there was a real-world impact, if there actually was uh, a drop in sales for Chatty Cathy's after this episode. I, I, if it, was, I have if no... it happened today, there'd be an increase. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody would have yeah, to have one. Be, like, oh, no, we got to have crazy. one. We've embraced the macabre. Uh, oh, yeah, just days. please, just... Be taken out by a creepy doll is probably one of the better options. <laughs> like, let's go. You're <laughs> Flood, famine, creepy doll, murder. I know which one of those yeah. I'd choose. Yeah. I mean, at least all you're doing is falling down a flight of stairs and snapping your neck. Like, it's over with quickly. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to duct tape a pistol in her hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> Aim straight and true, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> You're just handing her the torch. Just, yeah. just, just, just end, end it. it. Just whatever. Make it quick. Don't play around. <laughs> oh, I, I like to like that. We have literally no context for how she could have come, come to have any, if any, like actual sentience. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just makes it scarier. Not knowing makes it creepier. Yeah, is it just her, just that particular talking Tina, or do they all have some sort of unlocked murderous yeah. streak when they encounter a mean stepdad? Was she the? Did she just happen to be the one that some voodoo person put their best friend who just died into, or yeah, or is or it company? is it a thing? Like, is there something in the house? Right, it's that thing mm-hmm. where you know yeah. paranormal activity is usually connected to young children specifically young girls that are going through emotional turmoil so maybe there's a ghost in the house and it was like hey i'm gonna go in this doll and now you're done yeah but maybe it's eric streeter's previous family <laughs> he buried them under the floor when he couldn't have children again yeah again. couldn't have a second child so i buried my first wife and the other child in the floorboards yeah and there was a thing about how um Christy and Tina are both nicknames for Christina. And yeah. so, you know, there's interpretations that that it was Christine, uh, Christy, like manifesting things through the doll, oh. dealing with her problems with her stepdad. Like a right? twisted that's, version that's of one interpretation. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Or the dark phoenix. Uh, <laughs> or the dark, she's and, the dark phoenix. <laughs> But that, again, is one of the cool things about this is it gives you all these different avenues you can go down that all are perfectly plausible because mm-hmm. the story is just like weird doll starts talking to the dude and he freaks out about it. Like, I love he throws it across the room just as the mom comes down the stairs and all she does is look at him like, why would you do that? Yeah. And he's like, it talked <laughs> to me. This doll wasn't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I had to put it on the account. We're still paying for it. <laughs> Four installments of eight ninety nine ninety nine, or whatever. That's too many nines. That's you know so what I mean? Nines. That's 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 an extra nine there. <laughs> well, I was trying to think quickly how much money something expensive would be in nineteen sixty three. Right, fifteen. I mean, bucks. it probably Four payments of fifteen. Yeah, it probably bucks. was like twenty bucks or something, but that's yeah. a lot back. Then. That's a lot back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we we've mentioned this, we we've done the show before, we've talked about it, but I want to know, Amy, are you gonna watch some more Twilight Zone? Yeah, I'm gonna watch more Twilight Zone. I'm trying. I'm. It's so spooky and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just Audie? so good. Oh, it is. Audi, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'll probably watch some more at some point. I can't say when, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Steven? Oh, it's happening, Travis. Not only that, I really, after this episode, I was like, I bet my boy would love this. Like, I bet he would love... He's 
really into scary stuff, like it's his favorite thing, you know, he might be afraid to go up this upstairs by himself, but he loves it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So well, my, yeah. That was going to be that was going to be my next question to you and to Audie is mm-hmm. as parents, at what age do you think you would be showing your kids old episodes of Twilight Zone like this? It completely depends I mean, on the on the kid. In in my mind, mm-hmm. like every kid's going to be different. There's no parenting sure. books are stupid. Yeah. Read it and then throw it in the fire and then do what you think is right. Uh, but but like really, Sam's eight and a half. I think he could handle a few of the episodes I've watched. He could handle. He'd be bored during the Santa one. He would probably yeah. like this one. Um, mm-hmm. But it, 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 I guess it would have to be. I have to take a look at the episode first to decide. Like, is this one overboard? Because sure. every kid's got their own scary trigger. I mean, I'm an adult, oh, yeah. and I have things that I enjoy that are scary, like the Evil Dead franchise and stuff, and things that I won't watch that are scary, like Hereditary and whatnot. Like, not going yeah. there. So everybody's got their spectrum. I, I think depends on the episode, but I'd, I'd show Sam stuff now probably. Okay. And Audie, your kids are probably still a little too young to really, well, even I mean, with the older episodes. The older boys are both nine. Uh, oh. Yeah, they wouldn't, I wouldn't show it to them. They couldn't, they, they are easily triggered, so I wouldn't do it. My youngest, who's seven, he could probably handle it. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he picked a Five Night at Freddy's character to go as Halloween, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's nice. for me. That's what I'm saying. Like, kids are weird, man. Kids you can have weird. a 12-year-old yeah. that well, can't yeah. watch it and an 8-year-old that could totally watch it. Just, age is such a yeah. random. All the kids are different. Right. Yeah. Age is a very bad metric for most child yes. things because it really isn't about age. It's a broad generalization. I think it's the same yeah, thing. That's true. I could never mind. I'm about to get triggered and go on a rant. About... <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save yeah, that for some other day. After We're after bringing finish. back horseshoes and hand grenades on Thursday. Maybe I can yell about it then. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. Um, Slipped in so a yeah, promo. Is... Did you catch that? Whoa! It's <laughs> really good. It's really good. <laughs> that that <laughs> was the yeah. living doll uh, episode of Twilight Zone. It was perfect for our spooky month. Um, uh, our spooky month of one episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry episode. for the uh, lack of episodes it, there. It, it happens. Uh, spooky season this year is a single episode, but we're going to start doing some holiday stuff mm-hmm. over the next couple of months. We've got with the upcoming uh, U.S. holidays, uh, that's what we're going to be covering. So a lot of uh, sort of holiday centered. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving itself, um, but we're going to we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um and then I guess we, uh, yeah, we're we stretch these topics. Yeah, and we're yeah. gonna stretch them again. Yeah, I can't um, wait to so do the Labor Day yeah. episode of I Love Lucy this month. It's gonna be exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, so, TV did that anyway. Sometimes they got a, a Thanksgiving episode. Sometimes they got a Christmas episode. Yeah, they just yeah. yeah. Depending on how the writers felt yeah, that year, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when the show was like when yep. it, when it would air, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The the break at holidays is always up up in the air. Yep. So uh, you'll be uh, you'll be getting to hear us chat more about uh, about holiday episodes coming up. Uh, I don't think we had any feedback, but it's been a couple of weeks since we had a show, so that happens. Oh, we did um, get a um, we did get a YouTube comment uh, on our American Gladiators Gladiators episode asking yeah. us, any of us watch the thirty for thirty of the American Gladiators? I know we talked about it. Did anybody actually watch it? 
No. I haven't watched the 30 for 30. I've been watching uh, here and there sporadically the um, Netflix documentary oh, about it, cool. which does, uh, I don't know if the ESPN one, I think it only interviewed certain people. This one um, interviewed a lot of the gladiators um, themselves about a lot of stuff that was going on. And uh, it's fascinating, some yeah. of the behind the scenes stuff and some of what they did. Like those guys got paid almost nothing at the start. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we mentioned. I know we mentioned in the show how they started off in like an equestrian arena. Yeah, smelled yeah. like manure. Um, yeah. And by by their second season, they literally had a arena built for them. That's how popular the show got. Uh, so it was just it's fascinating. Uh, I do want to watch the thirty for thirty one though because I yeah, heard that's very good cool. as well. Sounds mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, that was the only uh, feedback that I know of. I right. got a response on Instagram when I posted the artwork to begin with from a. Uh, friend of the show Nicole Spagnolo. Hey, uh, her comment was the show that my parents turned on so the intro music would make me run to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's good. Wow. That would work. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. If you, yeah, I I could totally see that working. If you were somebody who was spooked and you start hearing that music, that is wow. instantly identifiable music. Gotta go. Mm-hmm. I want nothing mm-hmm. to do with this. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, if you want to send us feedback, you can do that uh, at those days show at gmail.com. Those were the days show uh, at gmail.com. You're those right. Those were, were the days show at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, uh, at, at those days show. Um, or I'm, I'm on social networks everywhere as TV's Travis. You can find me on any of them mm-hmm. as that. Uh, Audie's out there as the Audie Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I pretty sure Amy. about the show when we're doing it. Mm hmm. Amy, you're you're Danny Aura in most places, right? Yeah, wherever everywhere. wherever you have an account. Mm-hmm. And and Stephen, what what are yours? I'm is, Steve H and H everywhere. Okay, so yep. perfect. Uh, so yeah, if you have any feedback, if you know, let us know about your. Uh, did you watch this specific episode of uh, Twilight Zone? Do you remember it or any episodes of Twilight Zone? Did you? Was your you stepfather murdered by a doll? Oh, uh, yeah. Fill us in. <laughs> we want to know. We do want to know like details. Here. And also, uh, let us know some of your favorite holiday episodes of yes. old TV shows. Anything pre-2000, what's your favorite holiday episode? We want to hear that. I'd love the feedback to, to know those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so any of the social medias or those were the days show at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, you can send all your replies and responses there. But um, until next week, I guess, Audie, you're taking uh, the next episode, I think. Or are yeah. we going to just start back at the top of the rotation? Uh, we'll we'll discuss that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a meeting. episode for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. come back for that uh, when we start holiday season. In case you yeah, wonder how much we, you know, procrastinate <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. Check the show notes. Uh, we'll try to come up with a decision before I publish the show, and then just yeah, th- you got your podcast app right there. Just check that. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube, check the description. We'll have what you need every time. I promise. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. But un- until then, for Audie, for Stephen, for Amy, I'm Travis. And uh, remember uh, to watch and enjoy your old shows. And I got no good outro for this because I just you did all my work be on my nice intro. Nice to <laughs> me. <laughs> Thank you.